podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Uh, it is your instant match reaction for Everton 1, Fulham 1, Everton go out on penalties. I think it was 7-6 in the end. I've got Mark Mosey and Dave Downey with me. Uh, it's got to start right at the end, really, haven't we, Mose? I'm going to do an honour, that penalty. How do you feel about it? Um, there's so much about that lad's character that I absolutely despise. Um, and you know we, we've spoken ironically in recent weeks about how much we like this team and like the um, you know all, all of the very basic characteristics that it has in terms of you know if we go to the very very raw level of what a football team is meant to look like and meant, meant to represent then these lads have done exactly that um, but sadly I'm not an honor has this streak in him where um, I get the impression that he thinks he is the big man of Everton Football Club um, very, very cocky in terms of the way that he sometimes carries himself, and um, you know it, it. It will forever be a bugbear of mine when he tries to ride the Gladys Street up when it, we're three 0 down at home to Leicester City or whatever, whatever the particular game may be. You know, it, it almost feels as though he's detached from the reality of what the importance of kicking the ball into the back of net actually meant, and um, uh, just it was just synonymous of a of a footballer who just did not. He did not get what it meant at that at that particular point to you know and penalties will be missed. Yeah, you know I said to you in the car Matt, that like I, I saw it just again walk up to take a penalty and thought oh my god not him uh, because he has got a missed penalty in him and we all know it and I'm sure we all felt that way when Michael Keane stepped up but. If you, if you walk up to, to pick the ball up and pop it down and strike it well and miss a penalty, I'm not, you, no, no one's going to point the finger at you and say, you know, that you, you've really cost us here, as true as that may be. But if you try and do something like he has done tonight, it, it's, it's unforgivable. Um, and, you, you know, you knew exactly what was coming in terms of the longing glare at the Gladys Street from the halfway line after the full-time whistle. They kind of trudge over, wait for everyone else to walk off the pitch and then trudge over and take your aplomb as though everyone's going to, you know, hold their hands up in there and forgive you. Just doesn't happen like that. I, I, think, I feel like we've all got the read of him. And you know what the most frustrating thing is? There was a couple of times in that second half tonight where he was involved in build-up play and I thought, we haven't got another player who can pick that pass or we haven't got another player who can do that. There, there is undeniable quality there with him. Um, but th- th- there is that... Do you know what? It's ironically Everton, isn't it? Where you just think like you, you are incapable of being the footballer that we all wish you were. And I, I don't think it's from a technical point of view. I think it's things like this, um, and that there is that edge of his of his character for me that I, I just don't like. Um, and you know, you, you said it earlier on, Matt, that we've had people on the show um, in previous games that think that the image of doing things is more important more important than the actual doing of the thing for him um, and you know that, that that's probably totally in line with a player who doesn't see himself being at Everton for the rest of his career and that obviously won't be the case yeah with, with him um, 
Again, that word's ironic. You used then. I used to feel sorry for him as being the sort of player that you you want in your midfield when he's playing at his absolute best. When he looks like a top class player, when you buy him for that much money, yes, there's the hype around it. But I actually felt sorry for him when he was there, and I thought everyone around him shite. Tonight, I looked at him and thought it's the, it's the opposite here for the most. Look, I know it's easy to overly criticise somebody who's going to miss that pen. Yeah. Anyone who missed that pen would be standing here moaning about that. The way in which he takes it as well, um, I, I'd have thought, with that being on on his shoulders, I'm not sure it was, given the length of time. What was he, seventh? Seventh? Fifth, uh, fifth penalty. Yeah, yeah. Was it the fifth yeah, pen? Yeah. <coughs> oh, yeah, because we had uh, two saves. <coughs> yeah. Um, for him to be given that responsibility... Um, it says a lot of doubts about who's around there to take them as well. I thought Patterson might take one. Um, you know, I, I, there were a number of players there you'd rather see taking that penalty. The last one, which was really bad as well, which we'll, we'll speak a bit more about, was Adrissa Gay. He's barely ever hit a shot on target in his life. I, I've got no issue with Adrissa Gay's miss at all. No, after that, no, I, I completely get what you mean because the, the psychology, the whole thing's gone, hasn't it? As soon as he's missed that, when you've got to put it in from 12 yards to get through to a semi final. And he goes and does that. Um, it's it, it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing to feel the way we do. I mean, uh, no offence to you, I've not seen your faces like this for a very long time, and we've been watching Everton. It's nothing. Uh, it's nothing that we're not used to, but it's that fucking competition as well. It's the one thing we've never won. It's the one thing that seems to curse us for the lad to step up and not just put his foot through it. I mean, what chance we, we're all obviously. I'm Moses couple as, as amateur footballers as footballers you put a ball down 12 yards out from a fucking huge goal just hit it as hard as you can that's what Michael Keane did Michael Keane scored the best pen of the lot of them just threw his foot through it Tarkovsky similarly you're looking at lads who aren't used to scoring goals just banging them in why Why he has an attitude to go up and do that if he does that before it's guaranteed it's going through I need to say I understand, but I can see that's why he's thinking the best way to do this. Because if if Leno, if Leno starts diving the other way, you think this looks like fucking superb. Do you know what I mean? There's an element of that that I don't want to talk about because it makes you feel physically sick. Because if he'd have done it afterwards and we'd gone through, everyone's calling him a hero, but you'd still have that attitude that he had right then, which is what we've seen from him position-wise in the midfield. I think there's a couple of things that make the penalty, you know, take away how he takes it. Um, that make it a little bit more criminal and I think one of them you mentioned Dave is the fact that James Tarkovsky stands up in 30 seconds time and takes a penalty like a penalty is supposed to be taken and makes him look like a bit of an idiot Um, the big one for me is the timing of it I think if you're second up out of five and you decide in your mind that you're going to be Billy Big Bollocks and do something like that there is a capacity there for the other lads around you to get you out the shit when you watch a team miss the fourth penalty after all the previous six have been scored previous seven excuse me that that is enormous isn't it if, if you're 4-3 up in a shootout at any point and the opposition team miss a penalty you think we've won this and at, at the point where he does that it's easy to say that but after lads Manuel's just started walking off because that that is ev- everything about a penalty shootout on the proviso that everyone on the football pitch can kick the ball properly is mental everything is about momentum from you know nothing about the game but the last kick the last save the last little shoulder barge as we've seen as Everton fans before what you said there there's there's hindsight on that I wouldn't have minded he was the one to score a pen to 
keep us in it rather than the one to score and put us through. Because you've got a chance then with Piff. Piff was really unlucky. You were right next to him. Really um, unlucky with two of those three. No, I think he should do better on two of those three, to be honest. The one that goes into the top corner when he's hit it, he gets a firm hand. I think that. he should save at least another two of them. But, yeah. like, you know... It's not on him, is it? Obviously not on him. He's particularly good at guessing the right way, which makes it even more frustrating when his teams, be it Everton or England, are knocked out. You know, I thought we played quite poorly after we scored, but the one silver lining for me of that whole kind of 10-minute period was, if I was watching this game as a neutral, I'd think, well, the side with Jordan Pickford in wins this game. Uh, and you know as, as much as as Everton fans we don't think like that I think as a neutral you look at him and think you're very capable here that's the other thing about Anana's pen that did like annoy me it's like that Leno was crap on all the like he didn't get near any of the other penalties like yeah. you know, Michael Keyes levered one to the top corner I think McNeil Dan Juma and Beto all sent him the wrong way like he's, he's not he's not got near any of them he's thinking like just do what everybody else has done just like run up and take you know I don't want to say a proper penalty but like I think you know we were saying on the way back like you know I don't want to go in too hard on him like maybe I don't I don't feel it quite as hot you know as much rage towards as maybe as maybe you lads do but it's like because he's he's a young player and young players fuck up sometimes like that that is that is something that happened he is fucked up on like a, a massive stage here at a huge moment and it's really annoying but he, he has got to learn. He's really got to learn that doing things right is better than doing things looking good. That you know, you said there. Um, it was Adam Sutton who said this like at the start of the season. And it's, I think he's absolutely spot on. Like something, even in that game, sometimes like instead of just going and being proactive and getting the ball when the pass is coming towards him, he waits and waits and waits and then does like a little flick and comes back inside. And like sometimes it looks it looks bossy. You think you could be one of the best midfielders in the league. But other times it slows us down and like you know he might look really good and like he can shrug a player off and all this, but doesn't really get him anywhere other yeah. than like just you know it looks quite pretty. It's like you know watching cricket now. Like just as long as you use a Christ example, it's like a bowler, but it's like a bowler running up and just swinging it away from the bat all day, and the batter just lets it go. And like this looks great. It looks really, it's yeah. really pretty it's bowling. But you're not, yeah. you're not threatening. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to get a wicket by by doing it. And like. That, that's yeah. That, that's what annoyed me a the bit. The thing you can clutch up there is that everything I said earlier about his character, and you're you, you know you're far more level-headed in terms of looking at why he's probably the character that he is, and you know giving him a bit more leeway than most Evertonians will. But he screams to me as a player who needs to be grounded. Uh, and the the only thing I can take away from tonight like, is that you're going to like a child. <laughs> yeah, in particular <laughs> after that. But I, I disagree. Think, Sorry, man. I, I mean, he just needs he just needs his feet put him back on the floor sometimes. And yeah. the only silver line I can take away from tonight is that if I was him, I'd think, fuck me, that, that I'll change. He's, he plays in a club where he wants to get his balls out and shows that he's miles better than everybody else, so he can get a move to a big club. You can see. I think you can yeah, see it right from the start. He come in. For 30 odd million quid, immediately, immediately wants to be the fella that walks around Billy Big Bollocks, yeah? I think he goes and he plays. He hasn't been in the Premier League, goes and plays United away, even the shite. Anyone in top clubs away, City, and he thinks, I'll, I'll spend a year here taking the piss, and then one of them will come in for me. I, I reckon that's what's in his mentality of doing that. Look, we've had players who've done that before as well. Good players who've gone and done that, who want to move on. Um, and, you know, I. I, I I don't know where you go from that with him in the midfield. He's been he was out for a while, wasn't he, injury wise? And when people have immediately said as well, and, and everybody's done it, 
when he's played for his first dozen games and we've got a player in for 30 odd million quid everyone's been like we'll get 100 mil for him we're 80, 90 million for him because he's that good is he that good? probably yeah but he's not showing it for Everton and he doesn't have the right attitude to show that for Everton he needs to show if you're you know, i put it the other way if you're Pochettino at Chelsea if you're Guardiola at Man City do you think he's a top class player him, I'm going to sign him or do you think I know he's playing for a shit club right now but you can see how world class he is I wouldn't look at him if, if you're one of those two managers spending whatever cash you want he wouldn't be on my list I think that lad will be class when he comes to us he, no doesn't, way. he doesn't get in Villa's midfield at the moment Connect. so you're not Connect. talking about any other side spot of the like, just the last thing on the penalty right? the thing that was also really annoying about it was the like I, I saw it coming and like if I, if I get time tomorrow I'll edit this in because when we when he was about to score I started like recording as if it's like you know for the end of the, the start of the podcast like what it was like in the ground and I, I vividly remember saying when he was throwing up and saying don't do anything stupid you because you sort you sort you sort of you sort of knew you know, with him it's like he's got it in him hasn't he just, you, when he ran up when he, when he was running up and doing that daft run up I was like <laughs> of course of, of course he's doing that yeah. and it's like you, you've probably never taken a penalty in your life you're taking the biggest penalty like in this club's like you know for the last however many years just just do it properly but um, yeah obviously Idrissa Gamers like I said I've got no real issue with him missing he's not a, a great striker with a ball he tried to hit it he actually strikes it quite well and he just gets it a bit off target whilst we do talk about strikers of a ball how many years is it going to be before we all realise that Jordan Pickford is our best player and, and therefore should be just taking any it depends me. Uh, maybe get him on a penalty and put someone else in goal for them you know. for England hasn't he I am genuinely not taking the piss when you say that but it, it is okay for everyone to sit back sometimes and say he kicks the football better than someone else go and take a penalty um, the rest of that game though um, so obviously we've done it back to front and we've yeah. rightly sold this pod but I, I didn't think for most of it, we deserved to even get to penalties. I thought we were really, really poor at times. It didn't feel to me. It felt a lot more after the, the Lord Mayor's show to me when you see that. And we've done that before in big games. We've done it before in big Premier League games where you go in, first 10 minutes, everybody's screaming and roaring. Everton's starting not playing well. Passes go out of play. And then it's like, it becomes awkward for everybody watching this game. Um, and then what I've seen from us at the start made Fulham look like a really top side by the way Andy Robinson, I, I completely I, disagree on Fulham oh yeah oh, you had Robinson that side with uh, Willian they had Awobi running the show and why was Awobi getting booed boo, by the way okay. so, I'm, I'm all for that as soon as the, uh, <laughs> the whistle's gone at any point well, I, I thought they were really maybe we, I'm exaggerating saying how good they were but they were really really comfortable really comfortable they were 1-0 up without having a shot on target sorry they were 1-0 up without having a shot on target in the game yeah, we did. At half time, both sides had one shot on target. Both sides. You're the home side to get to a semi final of a competition. That's got to be better than that, Matt, hasn't it? I, I, I thought we were the better side throughout, really. Um, just probably the, the most vulnerable I felt. Possession, wasn't it? What you, I, I, I don't care about possession. But no, like, but no, what I'm saying, I mean, I don't mean possession in what I'm always banging on us. I mean, in terms of having the ball against them, having the ball, it was very. They can talk in the midfield. Well, I, I, I disagree in terms of what I The only time I thought we were going to concede was actually after we'd scored and like we were all going for it and the midfield was just empty. And that Kerry was getting loads of space and he was just picking passes around the edge of the box and that, and they, they got into some good positions. And there was that mad situation where we had two players down injured 
and off the pitch and they couldn't get back on. <laughs> it's like, what's, it's like, oh, we're obviously going to concede for me. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you look at the look at the chances in the game. Like, you know, better obviously scores. Dan Juma has a great chance to win it in, in at the end. Yeah, you know, that, it drops him perfectly in the box and he, and he just snatches at it. Almost did it too well. Like, Brown points is a good out of the back post in the, in the first half, wasn't he? Like, I felt we got into more dangerous positions before we had the better chances. They probably played the nicer football. And that would be good for them. Playing the football they play, like it, it probably looked great in their midfield. It's typical silver, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. What um, silver probably played those to be like, really. But like, yeah, like I think there were times where we weren't good. I haven't even played well by any means, but I thought we were probably the better side. Really, I thought, I thought we were more better of two. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I think we were a five and they were three. Um, I honestly thought they were. You know, I often rate teams on how worried I am sitting in the park and thinking, "Oh my god, this is one of those nights." And um, you know, I thought Everton were doing that to me more than Fulham were tonight. We, I, I thought we were, we were just about more threatening. Um, and I think the thing that that really struck me about Fulham is that they looked really shaky at the back in terms of put a little bit of pressure on, especially in their right back area in the first half. Yeah. Through, uh, through Calvert-Lewin and McNeil and I thought well th- these will crumble if we score first here and I think you know obviously that's something that, that failed to materialise but um, it, honestly I thought it looked like a very tired Everton side um, you know it, I, I, I look at Spurs at the weekend and find it very hard to make any form of argument for us getting a the result there and you know I, I know we'll, we'll go and do what we've been doing in the last four league games and we'll probably play five at the back and try and shut up shop but um, we look like a team you could do with just a, a five or six day break here of just nothing happening um, and you know sadly we're in we're in that festive period where that absolutely possibly need absolutely don't waste time you possibly need but you know I was walking up with my dad to the game tonight and we were saying you know about people like the Corey and Calvert-Lewin and people who are kind of on the cusp of being available for whatever reason um, that Spurs game of the weekend as much as we don't throw games away like I don't want to really see someone like the Corre or Mikalenko or people like that rush back in. I think that's like 100% absolutely. ready to go. Yeah, but you, you know. got your left back answer right there, by the way, because he was outstanding at left back. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought he was. Almost you know, everywhere he goes, though, isn't he? I mean, we've made this, this statement on previous pods in terms of the, the downfall of the ladders that he's just notoriously good every week, so we never talk about it. But It's very um, um, less got at left back vibes, that, I think. Exactly, exactly. We said exactly oh, no, the same. Jealous, jealous. Yeah. Why didn't he take a penalty by the way? I would have definitely fancied him to score. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sean Dice said, didn't he, after the game, that every single player volunteered, and I guess at that point, you, it, it, I assume it comes down to the manager to say, well, from a technical point of view, and in terms of a ball striking point of view, you you and you are going first. Really um, you know, really strong about that. A manager should know when he's watching him in training every single week how well a player can kick a ball. You must, you must, in a game like that, you're not telling me he hasn't he hasn't practiced and prepared penalties. Because you know it's against him if he didn't for the start. But then to say, yeah, lads, you decide who goes where. Yeah. Surely as he knows what he wants to see from that. People looking at the ball. The thing about seeing Michael Keane, by the way, Michael Keane, have you seen videos of him and all that? Can absolutely rip a ball when he wants to. That's why he's there. So I'm thinking, Keane signs one. Your manager, you're thinking, yeah, that's right. 
you see a Drissa Simon? I'd be fucking right over there if I was nice. Because it was like, you know, she had that goal he scored against Palace, probably the first time I've ever seen him have, have a shot on target. Well, in the one goal he scored that time at Bournemouth years ago. I think it's like, it's not a terrible penalty, is it? Like, it, it hits the post. It's like, it's one of them. Like, if it's, if it's an it's inch. Going in. It's going in. It's going in. Yeah. If it's an inch, yeah. inch to the other side, like, it's, you know, it clips the post and we're all going, what an amazing penalty. Like, it's yeah. it's just one of them. All the other lads, apart from Manana, took, like, great pens. Like, Tarkovsky's was, like, the most. Tarkovsky penalty you could ever imagine was just run up basically taking a goal kick into the roof of the net like but yeah just just really frustrating if, if there's going to be any positives to take from it um, Beto came on and scored again and I thought he was much more effective than, than Dom who for the first time tonight actually thought he looks like a lad who needs a goal now really yeah. he looks like those lads by him no <clears throat> to be fair were absolute giants absolute giants it was a, a Bassi behind them was Bassi's it Bassi's awful but they all have was good but he's, he's a big fella and he's all you need especially when you've got one striker up front there didn't feel anybody could get particularly close to him as well Beto came on gave them everything opposite to what uh, Calvert-Lewin was doing he um, he looked efficient to me and he looked like he's, there's a game plan when he goes on I think he starts Saturday doesn't he I was going to say this um, I think well he certainly needs to start one of the two big ones with, uh, City the day after Boxing Day absolutely right and then you know I, I, I think the enthusiasm that he's got takes him along quite comfortably because when he first came I was thinking you got a big lump you're throwing him up, for, up front all the stereotypes that go with that and I thought you're just not going to see him run when you see him and he talks about how passionate he is and the, the lad talks a lot of sense when we've heard him speak when he goes on that pitch mate, he, he throws everything at it to see a celebration when he scored only gets us back to one all most players who do that be like get fucking back and let's get the second one but he properly cares that fella and I can't believe he was put on the first pitch well, I cannot just, believe that I was just about to say of all of the positive attributes I've seen of him in the, in the games we've seen nothing at any point has struck me as first penalty taker um, but you know fair, fair play to people like him and like Michael Keane you know Michael Keane's had a, a very ropey season two seasons however far you want to go back his best game tonight scored no goal got a, a, a relatively cheap booking down at your end Matt and I thought you know in my mind I'd be thinking I'm probably not going to step up third here um, but you know fair play to him for doing that but um, just while we're talking about the, the lads up front I thought tonight was probably not the night to go as direct as I can remember us being up to Calvert-Lewin um, you know if, if we are going to do that you, you probably don't pick a night where you've got two massive lads at centre half up against a, you know, an already in most games isolated Calvert-Lewin uh, and I think you've, you've probably got to have Delilah Corey up there if you want to have not necessarily known for his aerial prowess, but there is there is an element of physicality there with the core that you think. Do you know if that second ball bubbles? I fancy him to be there. Do you think that subs too early, too late? Sorry, when we put Beto on for him. Or you do that. Was it fifty nine? Or you do that? that both times, yeah, absolutely nothing. Yeah, at that point, I was thinking of tips and buts, isn't it? Because but, because of how good he was and effective he was when he came on. Well, like I said, yeah, I, I didn't think anything was coming from him. Was it seven at half time? It's, it's not our day it's not our day didn't really prove to be right because we should have gone through when you got some idiot you just hit the trace of the keeper from 12 yards out that's the difference it's been yeah. but um, yeah I, I, I thought I thought player wise centre backs looked fine as well aside from what Keane did on that goal Patterson should stop it getting across and yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's Keane's fault the goal no really. that's what I'm saying like, he shouldn't have gone near him and when he touches it Pickford's move one way 
digging the ball's going. He's done nothing wrong, is he? Any defender's trying to slide and get the ball out of play. Just unfortunately, he'll still get pelters because it is Michael Keane, and he's the one who did that. But Patterson should do a lot better there. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's horrible, horrible to talk about this. Nathan the way we have to take this into, and it's that fucking trophy. Yeah. It's the only one we've never won, and it, it's come and cursed us once again. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's devastating as much as the shit I've spoken in the last few days, Matt. But you know more than everybody else, and that everybody else has hammered me for. Um, that that was crueler than than what I said anyway, mate. Because I I started crying a bit on the way here. I'm not ashamed to say that because you do think when it happens, when it's on, the mentality you've got is got to get through to this you get through to a semi you've got a chance to win the trophy so yeah it was heartbreaking just just talking about individual players I mean I, I think Nathan Patterson was our worst player on the pitch tonight um, I think he's got a lot of improving to do very very quickly at an important time for this, him sorry? Patterson um, William just like old man them a bit didn't he just like, just like the experience well, of William just knowing where to be and where to stand and take the ball like yeah. he just didn't know when to go when to be tight when to drop off like all that yeah. and you know it, I, I kind of get it a little bit with Mudrick at Chelsea a couple of weeks ago where he, he got torn apart by him I thought um, it, th- that right hand side a little bit with the connection with him and Harrison but primarily with him I think if bad things are going to happen to this team at the moment it's going to be through him um, to his credit he made a great challenge down at, at the park end late on in the game and then five minutes later a cross floats over his head and the left wing and early scores and the times I've seen that ball fly over and Everton right back's head and be be curled into the far corner is beyond me now. But um, the reason I bring timing into it is because he's going to get old manned by someone else shortly, and it's going to be Seamus Coleman. And I can't believe we're still sitting here in 2023, nearly 24, longing for Seamus Coleman to be back on that football pitch. But I genuinely was tonight. I'm not going to stretch to Ashley Young, but I was ready for Seamus Coleman to be in at right back because. There is a there's a solidity about him where I think we're not going to be picked off cheaply, uh, and, and people will no doubt be able to show me videos of that exact thing happening with Coleman. But it's little things like goal kicks going into their left winger and Patterson being relatively easily out muscled, and he seems to be someone who's very uncomfortable going back towards his own goal. Um, and you know what? Maybe, maybe he's not that type of fullback. Maybe we have bought him to be progressive off the pitch and get him into good crossing positions. That's his game, even really, He doesn't cross it? the ball very well at all. He hits the first man a lot of the time. So he likes to cut um, side, gets the byline and put the cross. But what I will say yeah. about that is the other side of the pitch, Michalenko and McNeil have developed a real partnership that side. It, it's quite funny because that's one, one side that we thought was a little bit more dodgy earlier this season and kicking off on, uh, on Ashley Young. But that with, with Patterson, there were so many times when he'd gone past uh, Robinson for them. It wasn't asked. He wasn't bothered about it too much because one of their centre backs had come across and it got get it straight. So he, he was he was really good for them. He was really effective for them, and he was against he was against Patterson as well. And then you've got Harrison. You've not got you've not got a partnership. You can start talking about with Patterson and Harrison. It's just there's no there's no there's no. Yeah. You know, it's not joint. It's not a joint right wing, is it? That, that triangle of Harrison, Patterson, Keane. You know, looking back at that game now tonight, you look at that team and think, well, yeah, I, I can see why we're weak there. 
Um, you know, something's going to happen in that channel between fullback and centre half, or it's not quite going to click on that right hand side going forward. Um, and you know, so, so much about football and, and playing well in games is about these types of partnerships. Uh, and uh, you know, we, we've we've spoken about it long and hard at Everton down that left hand side for obvious reasons. Looking back down the years, but um, what what we now have in Mikalenko and McNeil, or what we've managed to, to cultivate recently, I think we're way off that on the other side. Um, and you know, no one's ready to write off any player, in particular a young fullback at the moment, because we've seen what someone like Vitali Mikalenko can do. Um, but I think it, it's it's very key at this particular time. That, that Patterson makes his move and, and makes that fullback space his own because you know if you've got if you if your only real competition is Ashley Young and Seamus Coleman and you're the young lad who we've spent twenty million quid on, I think there's a real there's a real kind of a real stress on him now to get a move on in terms of looking good and I, I'm I'm just not seeing it at the moment. I think the other thing that doesn't help as as well is that like Harrison works hard but he cannot defend. Like, like I think, like we we could all go out on that pitch and run up and down that line for Everton as a right winger, but we haven't got the defensive instincts to be able to like track the winger at the right time or know when to get back into position. Like Harrison feels very much like he will run and then he'll get there and then he'll he'll just stop and switch off and, and there'll be a one-two and, and they're in the behind him. And that's why what I was saying about we disagree about at the start when I thought Fulham played well that side. While we was playing central midfield, he walked or like like a ten. He always drifted over to the left hand side with Willian there and Robinson going over the back of them. There was always a ball on to cut them right behind him, and Patterson would be sprinting back. He'd have Harrison, like we said, who runs all over the place. But the effect, the effect of how he's running, is just it's it's not say it's not good enough. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it. His, his mum was in there. Yeah, yeah. and Burnley and all that and this type of thing oh, you're really happy with that but look mate you've got to give more you, there's a reason why Leeds have given him out on loan to somebody would you Would you get him permanently? not at the moment no but like, I'm, I'm not saying like he's lazy or doesn't I'm try not, not. I think mean, there's a big difference between being a hard working player which I think he is but I don't think he's a hard working player who is defensively switched on what I mean do you think he's quality enough for what you've seen? no he's not a player that I'd be happy with Playing as a right winger, as, you know. Well, look, we all we all go. Would, would, would you sign him for ten million pounds right now? Oh, absolutely not. I, I question about taking him on loan again, to be honest with you, because he looks to me like a championship level player. I, I think with him, he, he puts it all in. Like you said, there's nobody you can sit there and say, hook him off because he's not running all over the place. I don't. I think what you're saying was right. He doesn't have that intelligence of the place where he, of the where he, the position he's playing in to do the right thing about it when he hasn't got the ball when he does he cuts in a lot always trying to put like a left footed ball in from 40-50 yards out and hope somebody flicks on that's his game where I think Dice is wanting it to work is with Patterson running over him he knocks it to Patterson to cross it in the irony is Patterson can't cross either so that's why that, that right side fucked you don't have Enna Valencia ahead of him and that's why we're not signing him <laughs> Right, we will leave it there anyway. We've done half an hour on that, um, about 15 20 minutes on on Anana. Um, but yeah, plenty to talk about in the next few days. Uh, good job, Matt. Yeah, Matt was just come in, but yeah, uh, we've, we've been down, we've done all that, mate. You don't want to go down there again. There is one positive thing we need to tell all of our listeners about voting for us. Oh, yeah, we've been nominated for an award. Um, I will put the link to vote for us. We scored all our pens. 
Yeah. Um, and we fucked that cup up as well. <laughs> you, you, you've got till the end of January anyway, so you'll hear us banging on about it. I'm a dude, you're listening, you owe us a fucking vote, mate, after that tonight. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So get, get logged on and get voting for us. Uh, but we'll wrap it up there. Uh, cheers to Mo, cheers to Dave. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, leave a comment, like, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. Leave us a rating you on any of the usual platforms but yeah that's been your instant reaction to Fulham Everton we'll speak to you again soon here on the Blue Room Sports Social Podcast Network